The laws the other side permit want you to live according to the system of the world. And I've given you a clear example. Luke 6.38, Jesus says, give, and it shall be given to you. He says, you give, it shall be given unto you. He said, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. He says, overflowing, running over. He says, he says, that's how it shall be given to you. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured unto you. But this is the system. But you see, the world criticizes us for giving to the Lord. Are you seeing? Now, the world system is saying, no, you must save. You don't have savings. If you don't have savings, you won't survive. But your life does not live because you've got savings. Your life is with you because you've got Jesus Christ. Because if the day the Lord says, come back home, your savings won't help you. No amount of money can heal you when you're struck with a disease. I told you about a man the other day. He, the cancer he has, he swallows tablets. Each tablet is $300. Five tablets. A day he's in Uganda here. So you, so you see how money cannot save you? And the man said, when the man said, you know what? I, I envy the beggars on the street. Can you imagine? Those who hand you their hand when you're, signing, when you're driving your car. And the man said, I envy them. Said, I wish God could make me like one of those. That word broke my heart. He said, if only God could make me like one of them. He said, actually, I really want to beg. If only God could give me health. He takes away all the wealth he's given me. All of the wealth, he takes it away and then just lets me to beg. All the days of my life, I'll be okay. But guess what? He has got all the money, but the pain he's in because of the sickness. So the system of the Lord is different. He says, you give, it shall be given to you. Children of God, you cannot get rich until you observe the kingdom principles. Because if you're born again, this realm operates differently. It, it will require that you have to sow. It will require that you give. I have no idea how, but it is principle. You have to ask. If you don't ask, you will not receive. You have to believe. If you do not believe, you will not receive. Are you seeing? It's in the word of God. But the other system is different. When you're sick, they say you must go to a doctor. Here, when you're sick, lift up your hands and say, Lord, please heal me according to your word. Because the Bible says in Jeremiah, he sent his word and he healed them. He says, I am the Lord who healeth thee. He says, by his stripes, we are healed. Are you seeing? That is how it works. But these laws will not work for you. They will never work for you for as long as you're still subscribing to another system. The other side, it's impossible. I wish that you would try to get the balance of the things I'm telling you. Is that the laws, the other side, cannot influence what happens this side. No amount of goodness can save you from perishing. It's either Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior or not. Now, you see, the world is trying to find alternatives to being saved. Can you imagine that? The world is thinking that if I am good, a bit good, if I help the poor, open up charities, treat women, cancer, fight war, provide food, that we are good. Good Samaritans, we're doing good work. Yeah, no measure of good work can equate, it can't save you. You only are saved because the Bible says, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It says, no one comes to the Father except through me. So in other words, no measure of good works, as the world is trying to make us believe, is enough to make you to be saved. It's not possible. So when you are saved, you can only be saved by a criteria, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ. That is how you are saved. That's how you come into salvation. So when you come into salvation, there are principles that govern that. You are not saved by works. 
you are saved by grace through Christ. So the rules that govern this side, don't confuse them with the other side. Acts of charity outside of Jesus Christ don't save you. There's only one key to this other life. This life is by grace through Jesus Christ. So when you are in this life, please know this life. Stick to this life. Understand this life. Fall in love with your new person. Discover your God. Know what he wants of you. Know what he says of you. Because what God says about you and what the world system says about you are completely contradictory. Did you know that? The world system will measure you based on what you have. Did you know that? But God measures the value of your life based on what Christ did on the cross. The world will love you when you have a lot more. But God loved you even before you committed a single sin. He said, for God so loved the world that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So God demonstrates his own love that while you were still a sinner, he sent Jesus Christ to die. But here the world is going to love you because of what you're able to do, because of what you're able to give. Stop giving, stop doing, and the world will forget you. But here, God loves you constantly because Jesus Christ died for you. So the love that God has for you, it is constant. It doesn't diminish. It's not based on a feeling. It's based on his word. But the world system, the other side. Today, if you have friends, let me give you an example. If you have friends right now and you have some little bit of money, let that money get finished. You will know who your friends are. Just, okay, not even that. You stop doing the things you've been doing to your friends. Let's see whether they will stay. Oh, let's let something bad happen to you. Let's say you get fired. Let's say you get divorced. How many of those will still stay with you? And yet, the Lord is very clear. Isaiah 43. He says, though you walk through the fire, he says, I'll be with you. Hmm? He's promised you. He said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So in other words, there is a God on this other side who is waiting. And he loves you, and he loves you unconditionally. But then the other side, the system of the world, is completely biased towards your person, what you have, your level of education. There will even be places you can't enter because you're not that qualified. Do you know that? There will be places they will say, you can't go here. You can't. Are you, are you a PhD holder? Then you're there looking. You're rolling your eyes. They say, I'm so, we're sorry. Today, there are jobs you can't apply for. You know? Do you know in the world system how you apply for jobs? It is based on what you have. But do you know in the system of the Lord, the basis of us receiving anything is based on what Christ did? You see the difference? It's based on what Christ did. In other words, you and I can go to the Lord and ask for blessings and it's never based on what we have studied together. No. In the eyes of God, whether you have a PhD or the person has got a P7 certificate, in the eyes of God, you're the same. When we both stand before the Lord and ask, God looks at all of us equally because we've been both purchased by the blood of Jesus. But the world system looks at you differently. So who do you want to ask for a job? Do you want to go to the world system or do you want to talk to God about it? Because if it was about the world system, then Joseph didn't deserve 
to be prime minister. He didn't deserve. If it was about the world system, then David didn't deserve to be king. If it was about the world system, then Jesus didn't deserve to preach because he didn't go through any biblical training. He had no theological training. He didn't have it. But today the world system will say, what seminary did you go to? Which seminary did you go to? Because the world wants to see a paper. Who ordained you? How? Show us your qualification. But heaven doesn't look at you like that. You have already been qualified by the blood of Jesus. So you have to make a shift. Please listen to the Spirit of God today and make a decision and say, for me, I am born again. And if things don't work when you're with God, no problem, let them not work. He has another plan. He has a better plan. Child of God, he has a better plan. So don't, don't look at yourself and say, oh, I've lost time. I, I don't even see myself like that. I am thinking, I'll wait on the Lord. I trust his plan. He has a plan. He knows better. But what I will not do, I will not subscribe myself to the system of the world. And the Bible is clear. Habakkuk 2.2. 2. It says, and the just shall live by faith. You must live by faith. But if you're not living by faith and you're struggling to live by faith, it is simply because you think you're with God, but your eyes are entirely on the world system. Entirely on the world system. That's where your eyes are. But the day you make a shift, let me, let me be frank with you today. I'll tell you three things that are going to happen to you when you make a shift to completely live by faith. You begin to become aware of who you are in the Lord. You begin to become aware of who you are. Then number two, how you approach the throne of grace will be different. It will be different. It will be different. Can I tell you? When you're approaching somebody you love, is it not different? Is it not different? It's completely different when a child is approaching their parent. It's, there's a confidence they have. They don't have to say, I'm confident in you. But there's a confidence you possess in your parent. It's there. Now, when you are with God, and there's a place that you have in God that no one can take. So even you, there should be a place in your heart for the Lord that no single person can take. As a matter of fact, you, can, you lose everything. If people want to go, let them go. If your whole life falls apart, let, let it be. But let the place that Jesus Christ has in your life, let it not be touched by anybody. Don't, let, don't, don't. Why? Because if God has the final say about your life, then be confident that he can fix anything that needs to be fixed and that he can take you to a much better place tomorrow. But you cannot have that special place in for the Lord if you're still looking at the world system. I am begging you in the name of the Lord, move away from the world system, and if you're born again, live your life as a born again. Live your life entirely according to the word of God. Then you will live in a realm of miracles. Things will happen that you didn't think. Things begin to fall in place, and you're wondering how have things happened. Then heaven begins to work for you. But until that time comes, Heaven is going to wait. A lot of things are going to wait. I'll end with this scripture for you. Let me read it for you. It was part of the message I was supposed to give you. 
It's in Matthew chapter 8 from verse 5. And it says, Matthew 8 from verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Now listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, I will come and I will heal him. But look at the centurion and it points what I'm saying to you today. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak the word and my servant will be healed. Now, verse 9 is where I want to show you. He said, I, For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, Go, and he goes. And to another one, Come, and he comes. And to my servant, Do this, and he does. Now, listen to what that man was saying. This man was telling him he recognizes authority, but from the room where he works. So he wanted Jesus Christ to do with his word exactly what he does in his world. He said, you see, for me, in my world, I'm a man and authority. I say, this one, go here, and they go. I tell this one, do this, and he does. Oh, no, Jangu, no. The person Jangu is here. Hmm? <laughs> now, for you also, he said, you also speak a word. You speak a word. In other words, he's saying, I recognize that we are in two different realms. Mine, if me, I can order people around. Even you, you just say. Yeah? You say. You say, and the man will be healed. So what did Jesus say? And verse 10. Now when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found, he said, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Now this is the Lord. The Lord marveled and said, wait a minute. You mean this man actually understands principle, how it works? So they said, this man actually, the centurion, understood principle. Because you tell, let us be honest. Is that if you can order people around, isn't it? And say, Katigo, you come here, you do this, you do this. So the man is looking at Jesus Christ in a certain position of authority. And he's saying, no, if he can heal the sick, he doesn't have to come to my house. Why should he come to my house? You talk from there. Are you seeing, you look at this. This, this is understanding divine principle. And the man said, no, 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 no. you don't come. You, you talk. From there, you talk. If my servants are able to do ABCD for me, even for you, your word should also be powerful. Because if my word is powerful that it causes them to act, so should your word also. It should also be powerful that it causes miracles to happen. So he said, Gamba, Gamba, used to just talk. And Jesus said, I have not found such great faith. He said, my God. He said, you go. Your servant is what? He's healed. Can you imagine? So Jesus had to, I think Jesus also questioned and said, mm, this is a lot of faith. This man is saying, I don't go, but I just say the word. That should say something to you. That you have to understand that a lot of things that we struggle with, if you realize, the Lord says in Zechariah 4 verse 6, it's not by power, nor by might, but it is by my spirit. So if we understood who we are as believers, we would operate a lot more like Jesus did. I am, I'm telling you, we would. I'm looking forward to one day if people invite me for a wedding and then their wine runs out. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. I'll just say to them, do you have drums? How, many, how, how, much, how much wine do you want? Okay, get 20 drums. I'm looking forward to that. 
because if Jesus did that, he didn't. He, he didn't even. It wasn't him. It wasn't him that went katai. Who cooked wine? Let us buy. No, he didn't do that. But you see, Mary understood divine principle and understood that this man operates on a different realm. Mary told the servants a secret. He says, "Whatever he tells you, do it." That is understanding authority. He said, "Whatever he tells you, just do." Now, you people, you who are born again, filled by the Spirit, the Spirit of God, and you can't understand divine principle. I don't get it. But if Mary could say, whatever he tells you, do it. Says everything he says you do. And then indeed, like Mary had predicted, Jesus says, what do you have? They said, we've got some pictures here of money, some pictures of all things, pictures. He said, Carrie, you fill them with water. The moment they finish to fill them, then he had another instruction. He said, now draw out some and take to the master of ceremony. He didn't even say, you take, you test co. No, he said, you take to the master of ceremony. And even the guys, because they had been told, do whatever he tells you, he they just picked and says to the master of ceremony, say they test And the man tastes and says, mm, you reserve, you mean you reserve the very last, the best for the last? I can't believe this. Now, this is the Lord. I, I don't know if I'm making sense. But these are people who understood divine principle. Now for us, we are here, believers, we are acting so afraid, and yet God has given unto us authority and he's looking at us, look at these ones. You're even running from demons because you are operating like people who are the other side and yet you have already crossed over this side. And, and this is where the issue is. If you're a child of God, these are things you will become to know. You begin to walk in them. I'm, I'm, I, I wish there was another way I could say this message for you to understand. I wish there was another way. Don't wait to learn things the hard way so that you can bend and begin walking with Jesus. Don't wait for the world to beat you up. Walk with Jesus when you still have a choice and make a shift. Let your children be for Jesus. Let your wife be for Jesus. Let your husband be for Jesus. Let your business be about Jesus. Let your workplace be about Jesus. Let your farm be about Jesus. For you are born again. You are born again. If you are born again, be born again. Be a born again. That centurion understood it. Mary, Jesus' mother, understood it. Said, no, 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 no. Whatever he tells you, do it. But how many of you have got instructions from the Lord Jesus and you have never done them? How? Think about that. That prophetic word you have, what have you done with it? What have you done with it? Hmm? What have you done with it? I'm only telling you, I wish we know how powerful God is. You don't know how powerful God is, but he has the authority he has the authority to remove you from zero to hero overnight. He does. He has it. He has the power to heal every disease. He has the power to make every dream a reality. Every dream of yours a reality. He has the power. You know, your needs right now, you're looking at them and you're thinking they're big mountains. And the Lord is saying, no, they're not mountains. They're nothing. They're nothing. What's your, wild, what's your wildest dream, for instance? What's your wildest dream? What's your wildest dream? Let's just talk about your wildest, wildest, wildest dream. And, it, and yet imagine, even the wildest dream, there's a provision for it in the Word of God. Did you know that? The wildest dream. John 14, 14, the Lord says, you ask me for anything. That covers the wildest dream. The wildest dream. Your most ambitious dream. It's covered in the Word of God. It's there. 
your greatest weaknesses, they are covered in the word of God. Everything is covered in the word of God. It's covered. So where do you stand right now? May you discover the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when you do, your faith will be explosive. You will attempt what no human being has attempted. You know, your resilience will determine just how determined you are to seek the Lord. You know, there was a time, must have been sometime in June, I had a burden on my heart. I really wanted to talk to the Lord. So I go to a football field. There's a football field in that primary school. What is it called again? Chambogu. There, there's a football field. So I parked and I started to pray. I, I usually like, I love to pray a walk. So I was doing a prayer walk. So, because the burden was heavy on my heart, I was walking. And then I saw the rain. I said, I'm, I said, Lord, I'm not moving if that's what you're thinking. That I'm going to run from the rain? I said, I will not go. I'll be here. Because the burden was so big. My friend, I have never seen such rain. It rained. I did not move an inch. Meanwhile, the wind was strong and the rain, it was a huge storm. I, I said, I'm not leaving. I said, I am not leaving. I will not leave. I said, I'm not leaving. And I didn't move. I stayed right there. I finished my praying. It rained on me for about two hours. Heavy rain. You know, the last time it rained on me, I was a kid. Now here I am, a big adult. The beards are wet everywhere. I'm wet everywhere. I said, I'm not leaving. But the strangest thing happened. When that rain got finished, and the Lord began talking to me. Can you believe that? The Lord never spoke to me before the rain started. The Lord didn't speak to me in the middle of the rain. Meanwhile, my car is parked in the compound. I had an option of going to the car. Is it not? But I did not go to the car. I was there. I stayed. It rained. It rained so heavily. But the moment the, rain, the last drops came on me, the Lord began to speak to me. Now how, I did not even notice that the sun had come out. So part of me is dry, part of me is wet, but what was important for me is that the Lord had spoken to me. So I, I learned something that day, is that sometimes we quit too soon with God. So in your pursuit of the Lord, make a decision today as you do the shift into the Lord, May you make a decision that you will not let go until God has blessed you. You see what I'm saying? Because it's a, it's a character trait you want to develop when you begin to walk deeply with God. Because your vision and the dream that God has given you, it may not be realized just like that. But there's a price to pay in the Lord as well. If you've been willing to work so hard the other side, Maybe you may want to do it twice as much when it comes to Jesus Christ. So that day when it rained on me, it changed everything for me. It, there was a shift that came in the things that we wanted to do. There was a shift. I could tell there was a shift. So even you, your life, today as you move into the Lord to begin to walk with Jesus Christ, may you persist in the Lord. May you hold on to Jesus and promise yourself that you will not look back, that you will not turn your back on the Lord, but promise that you will stay there no matter what happens. This is what I will request. Study these words of Jesus Christ, of God. 
so that nobody takes advantage of you tomorrow. Someone will tell you to sell your house where your children live. Can't you see that he's trying to make your children homeless? Don't you see that's the devil? Someone tells you to give out your car so he can drive it. Can't you see that your children will walk? May you not be taken for granted. Let us just pray. Father, we've heard your word. We know that we've laughed about it. We know that it's a good thing to be glad and rejoice in the presence of God. But dear Lord, may these words, Lord, that you've spoken to them, may, may they stick in their hearts, Lord. If you don't help them, dear Lord, nobody can help them. But may they walk out of this place knowing that to obey is more than to sacrifice. And to heed is better than anything, Lord. Teach them this word yourself. I know that they are going to make time to be taught in the word of the Lord. Holy Spirit, may you be their teacher. In the privacy of their bedrooms as they study this word, open the eyes of their heart that they will know exactly the word that you're trying to teach them. And dear Lord, change how they pray and how they look at you. Even as they go, dear Lord, let your blessing rest upon them. And Abba Father, today even as they give unto you, I pray that Lord they will give out of knowledge that they're not mandated, but they give because you love them and because you expect them to give to you and so that it will come back into their lives. Let them know that when they give, you bless them back. Now, Father, sanctify their offering with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And as they go, let your presence go with them. In Jesus' name. Amen.